This is Let's Talk Tribe, the official Let's Go Tribe podcast, episode 86, recorded on January 29th, 2018. I am your host, Matt Lyons, and in this week's episode, we'll of course be talking about the Indians moving away from the Chief Wahoo logo, but we'll also be discussing Jim Tomey's Hall of Fameness, uh, potential Indians free agents, and how well the Brewers match up as trade partners with the Indians. But before we get into all that, I want to thank everybody listening live now on Facebook or wherever or whenever you may be tuning in. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, YouTube, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And consider leaving a review, a comment, some just let us know you're listening, um, let, let us know you like it, uh, that kind of stuff. Joining me for all this and more is none other than Mr. Jason Lucart. Jason, how you doing? I'm good. It was a uh, an, an uneventful day in Indians fandom. Jason, there was, uh, what was it? Um, Corey Kluber, Max Scherzer, they were, they were playing catch. That was a big story. That's about it, right? Yeah, that was the only thing I heard. <laughs> No, of course, there is the fact that the Indians are no longer using Chief Wahoo that sort of came out of nowhere that New York Times, I mean, obviously they knew about it before, but um, I don't know, we'll talk about that more later. We do have some other little things to talk about, but the big thing of the day is obviously the fact that the Indians are no longer using Chief Wahoo and what that means and how they're doing it. There's a lot to discuss with it, but first, um, there was a little bit, we can call it less controversial news stories of this week. Um, at least half of it, <laughs> the fact that Jim Tomey made it into the Hall of Fame. Um, he made it in with 89.8% of the vote, along with Chipper Jones, Vladimir Guerrero, and Trevor Hoffman. They're all in. Um, the other Indians player on the ballot is Omar Fiskel, 37%. He didn't make it in. But before we get into him, uh, Jason, what do you think of Jim Tomey? He's a Hall of Famer now. I don't think that's a surprise to just about anybody. Um, I know you follow Hall of Fame a little bit. Is 89 about where you thought he'd be or... Yeah, I, you know, I gotta say he's he was literally one vote shy of hitting ninety percent. So the part of me that likes round numbers and the part of me that views ninety percent as an A uh, really wishes one more guy would have voted for him. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think to to me, uh, his numbers were absolutely Hall of Fame level. Uh, anytime there's a big hitter hitting the ballot from the last quarter century. Some part of me wonders if, you know, there are going to be people who just kind of have a blanket, I'm not voting for any of them thing. Uh, and maybe a few of that 10.2% of the vote he didn't get came from people like that. Um, I think the other thing he had working in his factor, fa the other factor he had working in his favor is that everywhere he goes, uh, fans, teammates, media members, everyone seems to adore him, uh, which I think probably shouldn't be a big factor in whether or not someone gets a vote for the Hall of Fame, but probably is. Um, but yeah, I was really happy to see it. He's my favorite Indian ever. Um, I'm sort of the appropriate age where someone from those 90s teams is going to be my favorite guy. Uh, and he was mine. So I'm happy for him. Uh, and I'm happy to see four guys getting in. I wouldn't have voted for Hoffman. Um, but it doesn't bother me that much when someone I don't support gets in. It bothers me a lot more when someone I do support doesn't get in. Um, but, you know, Hoffman getting in is, uh, frees up a lot of ballot spaces for next year. Um, it feels like the backlog is starting to clear up, which I'm happy for as someone who probably shouldn't, but does still care about the Hall of Fame. Has Tommy confirmed that he's going in as an Indian? I'd, I'd imagine he is, and if he's not, we're going to destroy his statue. Yeah. But. <laughs> I guess I'm not positive I've read anything. Maybe I'm just picturing his son wearing an Indian's hat when <laughs> yeah. he's at the same call. Yeah. Uh, I, and the, the player doesn't even have full say over it anymore. The Hall of Fame, I think, took that away when there was some talk that, like, 
Wade Boggs was going to go in with the Tampa Bay Rays hat because they were going to pay him like $5 million to do it. And the Hall of Fame was like, <laughs> uh, on second thought. So I think at this point, they take input from the player. Um, yeah, Tommy will be in an Indians hat. I did see that um, Vlad Guerrero isn't going into the expo, which is kind of sad. Um, I, it came out already, so I'm assuming that maybe that was him that was saying he's going in as an angel, but I yeah, and I, I kind of want to see him expo. I think he's like the exact sort of player where the Hall of Fame will say, listen, we think you know either hat would be reasonable, so go ahead and pick the one you want. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of you know people who missed the Expos thought it would have been cool to see him go in that way. Uh, his best years were with the Expos, but he had some good years with the Angels. Uh, he won his MVP. Um, I can't begrudge him making that choice, even if I, too, would have preferred to see an Expos hat. And then my only other non-Indians Hall of Famer take here is that they're, Trevor Hoffman's in, which is fine. Like you, I'm not a huge... If it's somebody I don't care gets in, I'm not really upset about it. But voters are okay with voting in a closer who is just a part-time ninth inning guy, but they won't vote in Edgar Martinez, who only hits the ball really, really well. I'll never understand that, I don't think, <laughs> that closers get in, but a DH is this big, controversial debate. I mean, he's at um, Edgar was 70% this season, so next year he's almost guaranteed to get in. It's just weird that there's so much of an argument over Edgar while they're just like, yeah, Trevor Hoffman, go ahead. No, I agree. Uh, and like you said, Edgar will get in next year, um, and deservedly so. And to me... The same thing you just said. The other thing is David Ortiz is going to get in. Uh, and it would have been really interesting to see people who didn't vote for Edgar Martinez explain why they were voting for David Ortiz. Um, but by the time Ortiz hits the ballot, Edgar will be in. Then people only have to explain why they're voting for Ortiz when they won't vote for other guys with steroid connections. Uh, but I'm sure they'll find a way to explain that because David Ortiz is going to go in, I think. Um yeah, and then you mentioned Omar Vizquel, who uh, I've written, I don't think, should go into the Hall of Fame. Uh, and I've legitimately gotten hate mail from people for writing that, which is fun. I feel like it's a real sign that you've made it as a writer when people take the time to write out and tell you that they want you to get bent. Uh, <laughs> With very colorful language every time. <laughs> yeah, they didn't say get bent, but uh, <laughs> if I'm going to curse, I might curse later, so I'll save it. But uh <laughs> Yeah, you know, 37% isn't a bad first year showing. Um, almost everyone goes up in year two. Um, and so a lot of people have, have looked at other players who got about 37% in their first year, and, and a lot of them have gone on to get elected. I actually don't think 37% for Viscal means he's going to get in um, because I think the voting body's changing. You know, the, 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 the BBWAA has, has added a lot of new members recently, um, and a lot of them don't have a Hall of Fame vote yet because you have to be a part of the organization for 10 years. Um, but in the next few years, a lot of new people are going to get a vote. A lot of people who have had a vote, you know, lose their vote every year, um, maybe not a lot, but a handful. And I think the voters who are losing their votes are the kind of people most likely to vote for Viscal, and the kind of writers getting a vote for the first time are less likely to vote for Viscal. Um, so I think the changing voting body is going to hurt him. Uh, you know, I don't, he's never going to fall off the ballot or anything like that. Um, but I don't think he's ever going to get that close to getting voted in. So if, like me, you don't think he should get in, you're happy about that. If, like a lot of angry Indians fans, you think he should have been in already now, uh, you might not be so happy about that. Do you think, is there any kind of, it's not really a parallel, but a similarity to 
uh, Kenny Lofton, how quick he dropped off and Omar's gets almost 40% is, I think most people feel that Kenny Lofton shouldn't have been dropped right away, but do you think it should have been a little closer or maybe Omar should have been lower? Like, should they have been closer in percentages or is it just like a time of the voting? Or? I think Kenny Lofton should be in the Hall of Fame. I think Kenny Lofton was a significantly better player than Omar Vizquel. Uh I think, you know, Lofton was never going to get 75%. I think it's a bummer that he fell off the ballot because there was never really a discussion about him. I think, uh, Kevin Brown and, and Jim Edmonds uh, are a couple other guys I feel that way about. Um, yeah, I don't know. Omar's kind of baffling to me. I don't – you know, I, I know shortstop defense is something that just, like, stands out in our heads is really important. And watching Omar Vizquel, it was clear he was a good defensive player. Um, I just don't feel like there's any way to, like, step back and coolly look at things and feel like he's a Hall of Famer. So – um, I don't know. He, he's a weird hill to die on that a lot of people are willing to die on. I think he's kind of like the same thing as Tommy, just that everybody loves him so much and he just doesn't have the the actual Hall of Fame credentials like Tommy does, so it's a little different. But, but yeah, he's just a really he's just well liked player, I guess, which gets him a lot of votes. Which, as you said with Tommy, isn't always right, but it is how it is. Well, um, and to me, like. It's weird to me that Omar Vizquel got 37% of the vote uh, and Scott Rowland got 10% of the vote. I know third base isn't shortstop, uh, but for the position, Scott Rowland was just as good a defender as Vizquel. Uh, and unlike Vizquel, Scott Rowland was a really, really good hitter. So if you're supporting Vizquel, it's, it's clearly putting a lot of importance on defense, but apparently only putting it on shortstop defense because... Scott Rowland gets 10%, and Andrew Jones, who is probably a better defensive player than Omar Vizquel, and in center field, which is probably second on people's lists of positions they think of when they think of defense, Andrew Jones almost fell off the ballot. Uh, and, you know, his, his career wasn't as long, which I know is, is partially a factor. Um, but to me, Scott Rowland and Andrew Jones were both better baseball players than Omar Vizquel, and they're both at risk of falling off the ballot in the next couple of years. And Vizquel is at least going to hover around 40% for his 10 years. Yeah, I, for, I was going to say something, but I already forgot. I, like, blanked out on it. Um, oh, I think another um, big reason is just people, like, seem to think Omar feels like a Hall of Famer, which is something I've literally seen people say. Like, they mock the idea of Scott Rowland being in the Hall of Fame, which just seems weird to me that so many people, it's just based on who feels like they're a Hall of Famer and Omar is one of those players who does, which there might be like something you can say for the really popular players of certain eras, but I don't think they all deserve to be in the same exact hall as like Jim Tomey and other really, really great players who were there. So are, are it's, you... it's, it's bizarre to me that anyone would really believe because what so many people talk about with Scout, they mentioned his career hits uh, which he managed to play forever, so he you know he collected twenty hundred hits or whatever. They mentioned the gold gloves, uh, and they mentioned the eye test of anyone who watched him play. And I just it it boggles my mind that there's anyone so arrogant as to think that their eyes could tell them more about how good a player was than sitting back and looking at a, you know their career numbers and and how that compares to other players at the position and stuff like that. And it's not that your eyes can't tell you anything. I mean, I feel like, you know, people who have a great handle on baseball, there are things they can pick up on, um, you know, that I wouldn't have known and stuff like that. But I just can't fathom thinking that what you saw would outweigh 
all of the empirical evidence. And I also, no one's ever like, listen, I watched every player play during his career every day. And so I can say, no, you watched the Indians play a ton. And so you saw Vizquel make a ton of plays. You weren't watching Scott Rowland every day. You weren't watching Andrew. No one's watching everyone every day. So the eye test is also incredibly flawed because it's based on the games you happen to watch and completely overlooks the 95% of the games out there that you weren't watching because you were busy watching the Indians. Although I will say with Andrew Jones, as someone who grew up and really annoyed by the um, the Braves always being on TBS when other shows are supposed to be on, they've probably seen a lot of Andrew Jones. But <laughs> Scott Rowland, probably not. <laughs> so enough of these Hall of Famers, Jason. Let's talk about the Brewers. Those That's the important team here. That's what everybody wants to know about is the Milwaukee Brewers. Um, of course, this, this past week, they signed Lorenzo Cain to a five-year, $80 million deal. They also traded for Kristen Yelich, another great outfielder um, who's on the Marlins. The interesting part about all this first, before we get into how they could trade and everything, is the apparent news that the Indians, they wanted Lorenzo Cain. Um, I think MLB Trade Rumors was first to report it, and then Paul Hoynes picked it up, that the Indians were apparently trying to dump salary. There's no specifics on what that means. Um, it could have been like Jason Kipnis. It'd be weird if it was Michael Brantley, considering they picked up his option, but... They were trying to dump somebody to get Lorenzo Cain. It didn't happen. He signed a five-year, $80 million deal with the Brewers, um, which is $16 million annual. I imagine if the Indians got him, it wouldn't have been quite that much. But, I mean, based on that alone, it sounds like the Indians are not completely done as they said they were. Um, and I think the other thing to get from that is that it isn't as easy as... Or I guess we didn't think it'd be easy to trade like a Jason Kipnis, but there might not be a way to just dump all his salary to sign another player if they want to really easily, um, which is also kind of interesting. So... The Indians might not be done in the free agency. As, as many free agents as there are, none of them are super exciting. But um, it is nice to note the Indians might be trying to get somebody with as this thing drags out into spring training. Um, is there anybody who you wanted to see them get really at all? I know you love this free agent speculation stuff that we've been doing all offseason long. And it's your favorite thing in the world. But anything besides this kind of like... I don't mind free agent speculation. I just... My stance is the Indians aren't going to sign anyone else that any of us care about. Uh, and that doesn't mean they might not sign someone who makes the 25 man roster. Um, but I think anyone they sign at this point is, you know, a minor league deal with some incentives. Uh, and guys like that are just, unless someone has actually signed, aren't really worth talking about. I don't think anyone, you know, that we would go, Ooh, they signed him. I just don't, I, I don't see it. Uh, Ooh, you Peter know, Moreland. If, if they do, I'll I'll gladly admit that I was wrong, but I just I don't see it happening. Are you not excited about thirty nine year old Peter Moylan? <laughs> Reliever I, from the Kansas City Royals? If you're implying that the Indians have signed thirty nine year old Peter Moylan, <laughs> I'm gonna admit that I didn't know that. Oh no, there was just one tweet like a couple days ago. That was that was the All Peter right. Moylan interest. But but yeah, it's I wrote something today about who they can be interested in mostly just because I don't know what else to talk about anymore with nothing else happening. Um, another kind of interesting one who just kind of came up as I was doing is Jose Batista, who the Indians obviously aren't linked to at all. But if they can get him for like nothing, then that would be kind of neat to have another right-handed bat um, and a minor league deal. But I don't know. There's just not, like you said, not a whole lot of interesting things. Not a whole lot of interesting players left. Like J.D. Martinez, they're probably not going to get. No matter how much the market crashes, they're probably not going to get him. I mean, like Greg Holland is another. The only other, the one I would go, ooh, that they might get <laughs> as your example went is Greg Holland, but they're also probably not going to get him, especially with how much they're paying Andrew Miller and the fact that they already have a pretty good bullpen. And, I mean, if they're going after Peter Moylan, I don't think they're also going to Greg Holland. That's a pretty wide spectrum of players to go after. 
I think they're doing either one or the other. Um, they saying Greg Allen, my ooh would be more of a, uh. Really? I wouldn't be enthused. He fell apart last year. I think he's toast. He's not toast. He's like, he's in the toaster, but I don't think he's toast yet. You get a couple good years out of that before you butter it. He's not completely done. I wouldn't think. So if, just to tackle a user, or a user, a listener question, Ricky Howe 16 on Twitter, he wanted to know, do you think the Indians will look for relief help this offseason or another bat? If you just had to pick one or the other at gunpoint, do you think they're going to go for a bat or a reliever? Uh, Which I guess a bat could mean anything. It's I'd assume an outfield bat. I don't think they're going to sign like a third baseman. Well, on the one hand, I'm very confident there will be some random relief pitcher they sign between now and opening day. If we're if we're looking at someone who there's any enthusiasm on our part for, I would Ooh, expect it to be a bat. But uh, but I don't think there's going to be. I like like the. And I've said, you know, and I'm going to keep saying it every time we talk about it. And it's fine if they don't sign anyone else. They're going to be the best team in the division. They're going to be one of the best teams in baseball. Uh, and we're going to hope they're healthy come the postseason. I'm going to hope that if there's an obvious need come the trade deadline, that they're willing to add a little payroll. At that point, I am 100% fine with them not adding any significant payroll between now and opening day, though. Yeah, they're still the best team in the AL Central, one of the best in the AL. It's not hard. To be the best in the AL Central is what they are. Um, and also Matt McPhee on Facebook. He wanted to know how you feel about uh, Melvin Upton Jr.'s chances of making the team and contributing. I think it's not completely impossible you can make the team. I think he's an NRI, but not contributing a whole lot. Unless he's like Austin Jackson and just blows up out of nowhere. But he's even more of a project than Jackson was. And I don't see him being any kind of huge contributor to what, what they already have in the outfield. Um, and like you said, I don't know if they're going to sign anybody huge. But just... Just try to be a little bit excited. Maybe a tiny, like, 2% J.D. Martinez. I'm going to just hold out the 2% there. <laughs> that maybe he just gets so cheap. Um, like, Edwin Encarnacion and then some levels of cheap from last season. So, I don't know. It's i got to cling to something, Jason. There's nothing happening now other than Chief Wahoo, which is not exactly exciting off-season information. But the other potentially exciting thing is, again, back to the Brewers. Because now, of course, they have Lorenzo Cain, Christian Yelich, Keon Broxton, and Domingo Santana all in the outfield. Um, they're probably not going to go to the season with all four of those guys. There's a couple others who aren't the top four, but they still have a lot of great outfielders. And it just so happens they need pitchers and second basemen, and the Indians have pitchers and second basemen. So this kind of on paper, it looks like it could be a really interesting trade scenario. Um, the one that comes to mind for me is the Brewers' Domingo Santana. I have... I have plenty of room in my heart. I have a Santana-sized hole in my heart <laughs> that I believe Domingo Santana could fit. Um, I had not heard a lot about him before, but just looking him up and then looking up some highlights of him and just looking at his stats, he's really interesting. He's 25 years old. He's got a year of control and then three years of arbitration left, so four years before he's really released um, as a free agent. But he, he's got, he had power through all the minors, and when he's in the majors, he's hit the ball really hard, and it's almost like evenly split everywhere around the field. So he's a really interesting... Um, high Bapit player, which is something you don't always see. And he's not, it's not pure home run power. It's that he just hits the ball. I mean, it's almost like, I think it's like 39% or like 34%, 33, 30, whatever. It's just really close that he just sprays the ball over the place. So he is one player that the Indians could get. I don't know if it starts with Danny Santana or Danny Santana, Danny Salazar and like Jason Kipnis or something. I would like that. Um, but I don't know. It's the two teams make a really interesting trade partner on paper. Is there anybody who you would want them to get? Do you like Domingo Santana, or do you not want the Indians to trade Salazar, Kipnis, or whoever it would take for him, even if you do like him? 
Um, no, I like Santana. He's young. He's under team control for a while and fairly cheap for the first part of that while. Um, yeah, I mean, Danny Salazar is the name that's been talked about most, and I've seen people complain that that would be the Indians giving up too much, and I've seen people complaining that that would be the Brewers giving up too much. Uh, I suppose when you can get complaints on both sides, that's maybe a sign that you have something that's about right in terms of a trade, because everyone always thinks their team is giving up too much. Um Jason Kipnis's trade value is kind of a mystery to me. Uh, he projects to be about an average player, and at this point he's being paid about what you'd expect an average player in the free agent market to get paid. Um, so he doesn't really have any surplus value at this point. Now, you, like you said, the Brewers could use a second baseman. Um I'm impressed with the amount of salary they've already added. I kind of wonder if they've got another $14 million worth of adding salary. So I'm not sure if they'd want Jason Kipnis for free. Um, they might. I don't know. Like I said, it's just kind of a mystery to me. Uh, I feel like Salazar is pretty close. I'm on the side that feels like the Brewers should be asking for a little bit more. Uh, but that's probably, I'm a little down on Salazar because I don't have a lot of faith in him staying healthy. Uh, and I'm more optimistic about Santana. I know other people feel like last year was the first year Santana did anything and you shouldn't, you know, you'd be buying high. Uh, I think if you said the Indians could trade Salazar for Santana straight up, I would do it. Um, but I also think it's reasonable to say they shouldn't give up a member of their starting rotation. Uh, so I don't know. That's not the most hot take, but I guess if you want to put me down for a hot take, you can say Lucart <laughs> says get rid of Salazar to the Brewers now. <laughs> yeah, it's not. Um, yeah, I got when I first suggested, I got a lot of pushback on the the idea of Salazar plus Kipnis, which I don't think I was the first one to think. I saw it somewhere, and it was a, it seemed like a or they they had that and a couple other players, and I thought I'd trim it down to just those two, which makes sense, but. People seem to think that Salazar and Kipnis are worth a lot more than they are. Salazar, if he's really good, he can be really good, but he's been injured for so long. Like you said, he's inconsistent. And then Kipnis, same thing. He's always injured. He's inconsistent. So they don't really know what they're getting. And if the Indians are trading for Santana, who's had one good year, and there's not a whole lot of track record besides what he's done in the minors and his batted ball profile, maybe that sort of evens out into something. I don't know. Um, but yeah, And especially, like you said, if... If the, the Brewers just don't want Kipnis's contract, that's going to complicate things a little bit more because if the Indians were trying to dump him to get uh, Lorenzo Cain, then it's clear that it's not he's not just a player that teams will just take for the cash. So maybe that would even hurt the Indians more trying to get him to the Brewers. But if there's any place Jason Kipnis would work, it feels like it's the Brewers um, just based on what they need. Their second baseman was awful last year. I can't remember his name, but I looked it up for the the post and it was like one of the worst in the league. And this they, they desperately need pitchers, so... I think Salazar fits. Uh, Clevenger is also an interesting one who I'd rather keep, even though I think Salazar has, I guess, maybe a higher ceiling over the next couple of years. But but Clevenger was just so good at the end of last season. I think he can be so good going forward that I'd want to keep him for the little for the longer haul. And I don't trust Salazar basically for anything. But but the idea of training for Domingo Santana is that kid. I think he's going to be really good. You mentioned buying high. I don't think it's going to get much lower than it is now. There's not going to be a buying low on Santana unless he really dips in the next couple of years because. Just how he hits the ball, it's so consistent and so everywhere. It's just hard to keep him down. So I would the like to see the like, I do feel like one thing anyone looking to trade with the Brewers 
can keep in mind is that the Brewers at this point sort of need to trade someone. Uh, right. I mean, you're, you're, you're wasting a lot of player if you put one of those guys in the bench. And I saw some talk about Ryan Braun playing first base, but they've got Eric Thames at first base already. So, like, you're not th- – that's not a solution. And then someone said, well, Ryan Braun could go back to the infield. That's what he played in college. That's what he played his rookie year. But it's like, yeah, but that was, like, more than a decade ago, and he's a bad defensive outfielder. It doesn't seem like moving Ryan Braun to second or third base is really a good solution. Um, so it feels like they need to trade someone. It would be surprising to see them trade Braun for a couple of reasons. It would be super weird if someone they just acquired they traded. So Santana seems like the logical guy to go. Uh, and they, of course, shouldn't just give him away, but they're really not maximizing their assets if they let him you know, sit on the bench three days a week or something like that. Yeah, their alternative is Keon Broxton, who's not quite as good. He's more of a defensive first um, outfielder. So that's like, I don't know, you trade Eric Gonzalez and a starting pitcher or something, but... Yeah, they want to get rid of one of them outside of one really valuable guy sitting on the bench. Um, so well, Jason, yeah, I mean, Broxton's not a bad player either. No, right he's not now. bad, but he's their fifth outfielder. So I mean, he wouldn't you wouldn't feel terrible about starting him. I think you feel pretty good with him as your fourth outfielder. Um, but yeah, I mean, pushing him to fifth outfielder to put to make Santana you know have some sort of like weird outfield timeshare where all of them sit out one game a week, like. You're you're wasting everyone's value some at that point. Yeah, I, I don't. I also don't think it's horrible to sit Ryan Braun a little more. He he was. If you want to talk about toast, he wasn't great last year, and he's he's steadily declining. He hasn't been really good in several years. So, and the fact that people are calling oh, for no, innings I to get him. I think if they keep Santana, you sort of have Santana and Braun sharing time. Uh, but again, you're still then sitting Santana say three times a week, which I don't think is great. Right. I, I guess you See, could like. I admire the Brewers pushing hard, uh, and I think the Cubs are definitely still the best team in that division. Um, but the Brewers, I think, have put themselves in position to have a good shot at a wild card spot. And if you know a few things happen to go their way, it's not out of the question that they could win the division. They also have apparently said that they're not totally out of the market for signing a starting pitcher. So they might still sign Yu Darvish or Jake Arrieta, uh, and you know, good for them if they do it. And while we're talking about the Brewers um, and moving Ryan Braun over to first base, maybe behind Eric Thames, poor Jesus Aguilar, man. He was he was in the Indians farm system for so for so long. He was really great in AAA, never made it with the Indians. And then he goes in the Brewers, hits 16 home runs, and Eric Thames just hits like 90 or whatever. He, I think it was like 30-something. But now Aguilar is probably back to like the third first baseman if they want to move Ryan Braun back um, to first base occasionally. So... I don't think Jesus Aguilar is great, but that guy has just gotten all the tough breaks so far in his life, in his baseball life. So I'll be kind of interested to see if he does something. He's got power, apparently, but the Brewers are just not a great... He needs to be on an AL team somewhere, I think. It just wasn't the Indians. Um, so Brian, or Brian, Jason, we got a very looked-forward-to topic here. It's Chief Wahoo, no longer the Indians um, logo. Before he was demoted, I think it was last year, to their secondary their secondary logo. Um, but the New York Times today reported the Indians are no longer using him after the 2018 season. He first appeared in the Indians uniform in 1948. He's being removed from literally everything. I think he already was out of most progressive field displays, if not all of them. It's just the caps and hats he was on. But after 2019, they will be gone from there. Um, there is one sort of little twist, if you want to call it that. The Indians are still going to be selling Chief Wahoo 
um, gear at Progressive Field and all over Northeast Ohio, which is um, to keep their trademark. Which technically, I don't know if there's any kind of clause how much they have to sell to keep it, but I think they could like technically sell a cup in their um, like in Progressive Field, and that would keep their trademark. But they're going to keep selling it. I'm sure people who want to be a rebel and buy as much as they can now before the the big bad Rob Manfred takes it away are going to buy as much as they can. So they're just going to make as much money off of it as quickly as they can. Um, there was no discussion on changing the Indians name reportedly from New York times. It was just the logo. And there's also the fact that 2019 is when the all-star game is happening in progressive field. So there was also, there was always a thought that part of the the catch to the Indians getting that was getting rid of chief Wahoo. It's, there's still no confirmation. That's what it is, but it certainly looks like it at this point. Um, just the timing of it all. And the fact that they aren't doing it in 2018, which is another thing we can talk about. Um, but just in general, Jason, how do you feel? about the fact that Indians are no longer using Chief Wahoo after this season? Uh, I'm happy for it. Um, and, and I'll sidetrack to say that I grew up loving Chief Wahoo. Uh, I wore until probably, I don't know, 10 years ago, you know, hats with Chief Wahoo, shirts with Chief Wahoo. Uh, you know, I still have some stuff he's on. Um, and when I think of Chief Wahoo from most of my life, it's something, you know, that I have very positive associations with. And I don't think other Indians fans who have a fondness for Chief Wahoo are bad people for having a fondness for Chief Wahoo. And I think all of that can be true while also acknowledging that it's past time for Chief Wahoo to be gone. Um, I'm happy that, you know, for the most part, after this week, or maybe after this year, um, for the most part, conversations about Chief Wahoo hopefully won't be a thing anymore because uh, I'm so exhausted of, with them. Um, I don't know when the last time I saw someone say something in support of keeping Chief Wahoo that felt at all um, like arguing in good faith. I, I think all of the arguments for keeping them are pretty much, you know, nonsense people, you know, saying things like, oh, well, I mean, I don't, I don't even want to get into them. They drive me nuts. Um, so to me, this is big news. Um, you know, the earlier t talks about phasing them out never felt that substantial because in the end, the team was wearing them on the field. And that's the most prominent use of whatever logo a team is using. Um, so I'll be glad that he's gone. Uh, I understand keeping the copyright thing. It'll be interesting to see how much stuff they do sell uh, because you're right, you know, there, there, there's pro there must be some bar they have to clear, um, but whether they just do the minimum to clear that bar or they sell as much stuff as they can, you know, will sort of tell us how Dolan really feels about all this uh, public comments not being worth all that much. Um, so I'm happy about it. Uh, I think it'll be interesting to see whether they just use the block C all of the time starting in 2019. If they come out with some sort of new logo, um, if they mix in some of the older logos again, um, you know, there hasn't really been any word on that. So I guess, you know, that's kind of the next thing I'm curious to see is, is what they do instead. If it's just, you know, like I said, more of the block C or some sort of, uh, new thing and they have done just the block c before like for the the fourth of july and father's day and all that they just have the c on the side with it colored in with whatever the design is which i always thought those look really neat i wouldn't mind it where the block c cap 162 games of the year 
or will they introduce, you know, other logos to the hats? Will there be non block C hats that they wear for some of the games or not? Yeah. And I, I guess mean, they a new revamp. Like, honestly, my favorite Indians uniforms for the last 10 years, however long they've been wearing them are the road grays that have the block C, or, I mean, the block Cleveland across the front, which, which go really well with the block C hat. Um, the Navy version being the version that I like, I don't really, I don't like the red hat. Um, I don't dislike the main uniforms with the cursive script Indians that they wear for most games, um, but they've had that for a while. I wouldn't, you know, obviously I'd want to see what they did instead before I totally weighed in, but uh, I could live with a different primary jersey than what they've been wearing for the last, you know, 25 years or so. Is there any chance, or is this just trying really hard to be on the Indian side, that, that the delay until 2019 is so they can find a new design and everything, they're just not ripping everything up now and restarting then? Like, maybe they're they're still working on something they can reveal next season? I don't know. Because that's the only reason I can think other... Like, there's no real reason not to just do it now if you have everything ready and you're just ripped the Band-Aid off. Because now we're doing the talk now, we're going to talk about it next year when it happens again. Yeah, I guess to some extent it decide, it depends when the decision was actually made. If the decision was really just made in the last couple of weeks, then I think it makes perfect sense. You know, even though I'd like him gone, I think it makes sense to keep him for this year just because... Uh, you know, between now and opening days, not a lot of time to come up with a totally different plan. Not that they couldn't just slap a different patch on. Um, I still like, you know, you mentioned the All-Star game. I find it hard to believe that it wasn't pretty heavily implied something was going to have to happen by 2019 when Major League Baseball gave Cleveland the All-Star game. Uh, in which case, they've had all of the time since then to come up with a plan. Um, so I don't know. Maybe it's being too generous to the team. I I don't care that they're waiting one extra year to do it um, if they're serious about doing it next year. If he really is never going to be on what the team wears, um, if he'll really, you know, he's going to be removed from almost anything you see. And I understand that the merchandise they sell is still a factor. Um, but if he's really off the uniform, that's a pretty significant step and, and would be enough for me to say I was satisfied with it. Well, like you, when I, when I look at it, I see... I don't know. I don't think you said this exactly, but when I see it, like see the baseball first, because what I was associated with all the time. But I, I realize as an empathetic human being that it does offend people, and it's it's way long past for it to go. But um, like the name Indians itself, I've never had any terrible issues with. But now that they're leaving that and getting rid of Chief Wahoo, it seems like there's going to be several, maybe endless seasons where people are still going to be dressing up and all that crap that they come in and. Like the guy at the World Series last year was all dressed up and had you. It's going to be so much worse this year. It's going to be worse, I'm sure, at the end of this year at the last home game when they have the the logo for the last time. Um, so how do you feel in general about the Indians keeping the name the name Indians and getting rid of the logo? Is it going to solve – I mean, it's obviously going to solve the marketing issue from the Indians because they, they can't control the fans. But in a way, it's still going to be associated with them as long as they're the Indians that people are going to be dressing up like this and wearing the red face and all the like the chief gear and all that stuff at the game. So – yeah, I honestly though like they could change to Cleveland Spiders or Cleveland Guardians or Cleveland Blues or or whatever, and the people who are still gonna go to games in in red face. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. Even when Chief La- Wahoo's not the logo, they're still gonna go to games wearing that stuff, no matter what the team's name. It, like the, the, to them. The more the team tries to distance themselves, the more they're going to dig their heels in and insist on continuing to do it. So I feel like as long as Cleveland has a Major League Baseball team, 
there will be people going to their games with Chief Wahoo stuff on and, you know, a much smaller number of people wearing red face and stuff like that. Um, so I don't think changing the name would eliminate that potential problem either. I think a lot of those people over time are going to, you know, lose their enthusiasm for it. Um, but I think it'll be a pretty slow death um, that the Indians, however they really feel it, they're just going to have to tolerate the fact that people are coming to their games doing that. And they can't really complain about it because by using the Chief Wahoo logo for 70 years, uh, you know, they've encourage that on some level all i know is no matter what they do they need to find a way to keep that drum keep john adams out there annoying other fans because it's it's one of my favorite joys of every time a new team comes to cleveland and then people forget about it and they hear the drum and you see on twitter what is that damn drum doing again it's it's my favorite it brings me joy during the season <laughs> every single time um, i don't care what the team is if they're the spiders make it the spider drum or something i don't care just let that guy keep hitting his drum that's all i want and if so Coming back to the name, would you, I, I, you know, we're, we're in agreement about it being a good thing that Chief Wahoo's going. Um, how would you feel if they did change the name? Let's say we don't know what they're changing it to. Um, <laughs> getting into that, if they change the name Indians, would you also feel like that was fine? Would you feel like whatever, I don't care? Okay. Would that bother you? I wouldn't. I didn't really care about Chief Wahoo either way. I don't even care less about the name. It's just, I don't, I wouldn't care. Um, the only thing I don't want is like a singular name, which is a really petty thing to dislike. I don't want like the Cleveland storm or whatever. I hate singular names in sports. I really don't care if they change the name from Indians. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's going to suck. You can't like go all out with theming like some other teams do because of the kind of territory you get in. So it would be fun to have some kind of team name that you can really get into and not feeling like you're kind of a bad person for it, but. I don't know. I really wouldn't care a whole lot. Do you, would you care if they changed the name? I wouldn't at all. I don't think. I didn't I don't care know. about Chief I honestly, I honestly don't know. Um, I, I don't think it's even nearly as problematic. Um, yeah. Although I'm, I'm sympathetic to the, you know, to the argument that it is problematic. Um, I think in the end, I'd be fine with it. It would, you know, take a little while to adjust. Um, I think I'd be fine with it. It would be sort of weird to me in a way that getting rid of Chief Wahoo will not be weird to me at all. That's a really uh, good point, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I, like you said, there isn't really any serious talk of that happening. There hasn't been much pressure to do that. Uh, you know, the, the Redskins, uh, you know, are the team that there's more of a talk about the name needing to go. So I don't think it's going to be anytime soon that we, we have to seriously consider the possibility of it happening. So yeah, I, I think I'd be okay with it, but it would be weird to me in a way that, like I said, this won't be. Yeah. I definitely feel more of a connection to the name Indians than I do anything with the chief Wahoo logo, I think. Um, and as far as like the block C, I like that. I'm okay with the Indians name and all that. And just that logo. And, and it's sort of a similar question here from at no sway, no gain. He asked what logo is going to be on Slider's hat now? Also, what the hell is Slider exactly? <laughs> I'd assume he's going to have the block C on his hat. Um, as for what he is, he's just a not Chief Wahoo mascot, basically. <laughs> it's, they wanted nothing to do with that, and they're like, here's a green and purple thing. Yeah, I mean, as you as an alien. There, and, there, and there are a lot. I mean, the Philly Fanatic, uh, the White Sox have some sort of furry pickle type thing. <laughs> that new Braves, whatever you want to call that. I'm going to say Slider's an alien, and I'm going to point out that he's one of 
quite a few alien mascots around Major League Baseball. And uh, as to his hat, in my mind, he was already wearing the block C. So <laughs> perhaps I'm wrong. Perhaps the guy asking the question was wrong. Uh, I, think I guess we'll have opening day to find out. Yeah. And this, I don't know what, why do they default to alien? The only one it makes sense for is the Astros because they are the Astros. So it makes sense. I don't know why alien is the default thing. I guess it's just like boardroom vanilla is basically what it comes well, out. There's no way to, that it can go wrong if it's an alien. And it kind of yeah, fits everything. I, mean, I guess on some level, a random animal makes just as much sense. I guess a random animal feels sort of like you're stepping on some other team's toes who's actually named after that animal. Like, it would be yeah. weird if the Indians had, like, a tiger walking around in an <laughs> Indian's jersey. Um, so, I don't know. Weird creature makes just as much sense as as anything to me, I guess. I will say that there's, if you're going to rank mascots here, so there's a tier that's just mascots, and then there's alien mascots. And Slider's got to be on the upper, the upper little bit of alien mascots, at least. That means he's still way down on the list, but as far as that new Atlanta Braves abomination, whatever the White Sox have, and I guess maybe the Philly Fanatic's a little better, but Slider's an okay alien mascot, and he's just weird and everything else. I don't know, I guess there's a lot of garbage mascots out there. The Diamondbacks have some sort of, like, bobcat guy that's no good. Really? Uh, to so me, they... the top the, the top MLB mascot is, uh, I think his name's Dinger, the Rockies yeah. mascot, who's Triceratops. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, he's your top baseball mascot. And then I think Billy the Marlin would probably be second on my list. No, Dinger's uh, great because they actually hatched him out of an egg when they first revealed him. That that's yeah. that makes they have lore and everything. There's a lot of pretty terrible ones. I mean, <laughs> Mr. Matt is funny because he's been around forever and he's just kind of like sort of a joke almost, mm -hmm. or maybe not even almost. Um, if someone created Mr. Met now, I think it would be like, oh my, you know, <laughs> he's vintage react. now basically. But he's sort of grandfathered, clawed in as being acceptable. Um, there's a lot of bad mascots out there. I don't know. Slider's just big and goofy. And, I, and I'm much more on mascot should be goofy than on mascot should be tough. Growing up in Chicago, uh, the Bulls used to have two mascots. They had Benny the Bull, who used to be like a big, fat, jolly bull, who like hung out with the kids and stuff. And then they had Duh Bull, who was named <laughs> after the SNL sketch. And he was like the mean, tough bull who dunked off trampolines and had an attitude. <laughs> Uh, and then I think Dumbo got busted by the police for like smoking weed or something like that and got let go. And they slimmed Benny the Bull down so that he could do trampoline dunks, but still kept him like a little roly poly and mostly friendly. Uh, and now he's like the best. So, yeah, he's a fantastic mascot. I definitely think mascots should be more playful than tough. Oh, yeah. And so I, Slider, at least, is on the right side of that equation. Yeah. And if we're talking best in baseball, Mariner Moose is mine. That's a great yeah. theme. Because the Great chickens. Northwest, he's a moose, the yep. Mariners. It's yep. it's close enough to being themed with the team, but not being like a Mariner. So that's, I don't know how we got into this conversation, but that's my choice for best mascot on the Let's Go Tribe podcast. <laughs> so Jason, do you have any other thoughts on Chief Wahoo? I know nobody's ever talked about it before. No, I, so. I'm not going to read the comments to this post. I'm not going to read the comments <laughs> to anything that might touch on him because no one has anything to say that I haven't read a thousand times before. Um, so to everyone who's angry... Have at it. Get it all out. Um, say what you want to say. Uh, enjoy your anger. Um, and I know people are saying they're, you know, they'll they're not going to support the team anymore. I don't really believe you. 
um, or you probably weren't doing much to support the team before anyway. If you really, if you were a diehard season ticket holder and you're giving up the team for this, like, congratulations on the stand that you're taking. Uh, I know you feel like that's going to have a huge effect on the team. Honestly, most of the team's money doesn't come from ticket sales at this point anyway. They're going to be okay without you. Yeah, that's that's basically what it comes down to. It's if you're really going to boycott the team, it's okay, do it. But otherwise, just come to the game like everybody else. Well, Jason, um, that's all we got for this week. Hopefully next week, um, that's not quite pitchers and catchers, but we're a little bit closer. We're a little bit closer to the season. Um, I can't imagine anything huge is going to happen then, but we'll have, we'll have something to talk about, I'm sure. But until then, talk to you next week.